0: It doesn't mean you can't be angry. It means you need to enjoy being angry without being destructive. You can be angry. Yeah. And you can say, I'm fucking angry, Mm -hmm. but tap dance, you're still smashing the eggs. You're still getting out the feelings, but you're having more fun doing it. And then you become scary because you're angry but you're laughing about it and that makes you a little bit of a fucking psycho
1: yeah and who can't say that gregory hines wasn't a psycho
0: i'm don hall and i'm david himmel and this is the literate ape cast <laughs> so Harry's in kindergarten, and uh, that's a—I I can't believe he's in kindergarten. I mean, Why that's, can't
1: you believe it? He's five. That's what five-year-olds—it's what happens when you're five.
0: Well, I understand that. It just seems like the time went quite rapidly.
1: Yeah, time does pass fast, as they say. Um, you know what? What is what is it that they do say the days
0: <laughs> they say
1: the, the years, the years go by fast. The days take forever with children. That's I think that's what they say. Oh, is it? Um, Yeah. He, uh, he's like, he's a, he's a, a, a big kid. Like he's forming core memories. Like he's at the stage where I remember things, perfectly clearly and not just from photos
0: like oh yeah no you actually remember things i know yeah i know exactly what you're talking about
1: i can remember i mean there's so many things i remember about um being in kindergarten but one of the biggest and this like just goes to show like where the brain starts to go at five years old is when i was in kindergarten we are the world the the song yeah featuring huey lewis and a few other people and Um, just a couple other people yeah it was (laughs) it was huey lewis dinah ross
0: chubby checker um was chubby checker one of them i didn't i was gonna say i i i, I, I think Dinah yeah. ross was in it no i don't think she might have been michael jackson was in it, michael jackson he, was in it yeah no it was like it was in, like the, every 80s star who had a song on the radio at that time phil collins was phil, phil collins was a part of that i was he i don't know I all I can hear is Huey Lewis going, <laughs> We're saving our, our lives. Yeah. I, uh,
1: yeah. And you had Bruce Springsteen doing his his like forcing the gravel yell
0: when it yeah. it, it feels weird. It uh, was inappropriate, yeah, for that particular song.
1: I don't think we are the world when was the thing. When it I mean, I you were a little oh, older. Oh, it was huge. Yeah, but it was, it 18. was pretty huge. You were 18 when that song came yeah. out, right? Cause you're 13 years older than me. I was five.
0: Yeah, then I was 18. That's, yeah. So it wasn't like, that's, yeah, that's it. Again, the, that's, the whole timing yeah. thing is just, yeah, yeah. That's very funny.
1: But I can, you know, hold me. on.
0: I gotta, I, I gotta divert you just real quickly. Um, and we'll talk about this at some point. I this past weekend I had, uh, we had the memorial for my great aunt Vicky. and uh, I had to, uh, do a a, a sort of a a like pre-memorial gathering of all like family I haven't seen in fucking 25 years. Right. Yeah. And one of one of the things that's funny, and I didn't even think about this, but all of my older cousins who are only like the oldest is only 10 years older than me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but they all, and I'm fucking 57 and they're all calling me little Donnie because in their minds, in their minds i'm like a, i'm just this little tiny yeah. little fucking rug rat you're still and i'm like years old. sure yeah yeah and so anyway go ahead i'm sorry but we are the world i just i just i thought no, that was a very funny thing
1: you're forever my dad still gets i mean it's a whole lot less now but like growing up there would be like my grandparents friends that would call him jimmy because they've known yeah. him nobody else calls him jimmy unless you knew him as a
0: as a kid when he was i'm gonna start jimmy i'm gonna start i'm gonna start calling your dad jimmy now yeah do it because that's funny as shit. Um and he can call me and he can call me Little Bunny. Yeah. That's so
1: cute, you guys. Um but yeah, the We Are the World. I can remember like our music teacher teaching it to us and singing it and practicing it. And I but beyond that, I remember like the pop culture moment that surrounded oh. me. It was gigantic, yeah. And I I think that was about the time that I got like I was really into Huey Lewis. And the news. I was really into Hall and Oates. I was, of course, really into Michael Jackson. Um, Cindy Lauper, I thought, was like the weirdest, but coolest, and somehow scariest thing ever. Um, yeah. So, like, Harry's at this point where he's really going to start to grapple with not just his
0: world, but the world around. His it world. will start to encroach in his daily... Well, it's like I asked him this morning, he said, what are you going to do today? He said, nothing. I said, what are you going to do, just sit and stare at a wall? He <laughs> was like, no, I'm going to fart on my head and then not move or something to that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it's five-year-old humor. Yeah, but yeah. It, it, it still made me laugh.
1: He got out, you know, when he was in Which says school. a lot about my sense of humor. We, we've sent him off to, uh, to daycare when he was 18 months old for all day daycare from like 7.30 to, you know, f- six o'clock at night. So it's not like him not being with us breaks our heart you know fuck off get out of here go to daycare and that's been a really good thing for him and us like he's socialized he's smart he's you know uh preschool he went last year he was going to a cps school it was like pre-k all the way through eighth grade so it was like a big school he had a locker the whole thing kindergarten's different though kindergarten
0: like, that's like real elementary school that's actual school yeah. yeah no i used to you know i used to teach kindergartners right yeah yeah okay it's, it,
1: it, and he's also like from age four to five like he's just different the other day i took him to drop off and they've got you know the, the drop-off line with the cars you get in and you have to move along and the, the kiss and go like you can't fucking sit and park. you got to kiss
0: the kid, get the fuck out of the car and get your fucking car off that street. Go. You drive us. You, what you do is you drive about five miles an hour and then just throw so the they, door open. Remember the roll. Daddy loves you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're made of rubber. They, yeah. They're they not going to damage too much. Just toss them out. Yeah.
1: So we get there and the door is technically open at 8.05. We pull into the, the line at like 8.03. And we're sitting there, and this is the first time that I'd done drop off like this, not including the first day where we like were able to walk him into his class. And we're just sitting there, and I'm like, "Huh? They're really sticking to this 8:05 thing, because like nobody's getting out of their car." And Harry's like, "But there's people like up by the doors, those who would walk there." And Harry goes, "Hey, Dad, should I just get out of the car?" And I go, "Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess, yeah, sure, why not." So he opens his door because I've turned the child lock off of the mm-hmm. door now so he can get out. And he gets out of the car and I roll down my window and I'm like, "All right, but I love you. Have a good day." He's like, "Okay." And then he just like puts his thumbs in his backpack sh- shoulder straps and just mark-
0: and then goes, "Hey, Ricardo." And he's like, "Got friends already?" Oh yeah. We my mom my mom has a picture of my very first day of kindergarten. She actually took a picture of me because apparently um, at, when I went to kindergarten, the first day of school, the parents could walk you into the building to your class. Yes, that, that was,
1: was what, the first day for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And I wouldn't, I would not let my mother do that. I was like, okay. no, I'm going in by myself. I don't need you. Oh, we you had know, Jake, which,
1: Jake there. Katie and I. were. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: No, no. It was yeah. just mom. It was just my mom and she's dropping me off and I would not let her That's heartbreaking, walk man. me down. And so and no, she Donna did She did dick. Well, she tells the story. She took a picture of me and there is a picture of me, this giant fucking door, right? These double doors and then a little tiny me with my big fucking ears and my bowl haircut. And I'm my back to her and I'm walking in. She, she had that printed in my high school senior year yearbook. Yeah. But, uh, but she, mom, it just broke it, to this day. Yeah. I think she still, it just broke her heart. Yeah. You know, and we have that joke. I think you know, I've talked about this. We have the joke where she, where I apparently, and I don't remember saying this, but it sounds very uh, like me, was at some point when I was in Chicago. So I'm post college graduation, um, I'm living in Chicago. I'm on my fucking own. You know, for four months I lived in my truck. Now I and she came to visit. And we're having dinner. I don't, you know, like I said, I don't remember saying this, but apparently as we're having conversation, I just looked across the table. I said, yeah, I guess you're permanent. Yeah. It was like, all right, I guess I've just been sort of like this independent. Fuck you. I don't need your shit guy. I don't know. But yeah, that's what I think it was with Harry. I love that story that Harry just went, should I just get out of the car? All right. Hey, Ricardo. That's a brilliant. That's lovely. It's.
1: And. I drove up and I had Jake in the car because then I, you know, took Jake to his daycare and then w- went to work and, or no, maybe I didn't have Jake that day. I think we dropped off Jake first. Yeah. So I was by myself. And so he does this and I was overwhelmed with heartbreak. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because like, oh my God, he doesn't love me anymore. Or like it's, <laughs> but at the exact same time was overwhelmed with my heart swelling because like this is it like this is what we want for i want him to be like independent and have friends and be excited to go to school and like learn and hang out with his buddies
0: and get the fuck out of the house give you some space
1: (laughs) it is dude if i've said it once i've said it 80 million times parenthood is a mental illness and you're you're just you're a bipolar lunatic you know in the midst of a manic meltdown every single second of every single day and apologies to those neurodiverse people who are bipolar I don't mean it
0: you know yeah it's it's not dude Dude, there's only one that listens to the Apecast, and so you have to apologize to those two people. Yeah. Anyway, uh go back to the talk about the parenting, going back to the family reunion sort of I, Yeah, that's kind of what it was. You had a big it was thing. very This was a like Well, a big it was a yeah, family uh, reunion sort uh, of it, a surprise it, a trick. Well, it wasn't a trick. We knew it was coming, but I, I just wanted before I get into the specifics of that. I will say one of the things that was probably a consistent because it was like four o'clock. I mean, people started showing up at four o'clock, and they didn't leave until I mean, we had the room from four to ten. They didn't leave the sky. They didn't. The, the last people left at ten o'clock, like right at ten o'clock. So you were hosting this at your like in the at my apartment. The yeah, the sky I lounge apartment. Yeah, yeah. This this really nice because, like I said, it's it, the sky lounge is. I'm on the seventh floor. the sky lounge seventh floor. It's a beautiful area. It really is. It's huge. There's this pool that is only, it's like a waiting pool for people to sunbathe, which yeah. is actually the best goddamn pool for like a three-year-old I've ever seen. Yeah. Cause they all brought their kids and, and the kids fucking went crazy for this pool. Cause it's not deep enough. I mean, the only way they drown is if you like hold them under, I mean, that's it. They're, you know, they're fine. And so they had a great time. But one of the consistent refrains was that everybody has kids and they all wanted to tell me about the joys of parenthood or the horrors of parenthood. Mm -hmm. And my constant refrain for the whole day was, nope, didn't have kids. Fucking thrilled that I made that choice. Yeah. You know, but the, I mean, I like as I hear your stories, I hear Donnie's stories, I hear my mom talk about my sister looked at she loves her children, but she often, almost throughout the entire time she was had kids in her home, compared parenthood to being in platoon. Like she was, yeah. he was in Vietnam all the time, um, you know, and that's that's fine. But the family reunion, the thing is, it was my cousin Jamie was the last caretaker for my aunt Vicky. My aunt Vicky was late eighties, really in decline, in a home, drooling on herself, just like it's not the aunt Vicky I remembered. So I yeah. choose to just kind of separate that a little bit, in a compartmentalized way. That's probably incredibly unhealthy, but very Irish. Um, it's working for you and. It works for me. I don't give a shit. Um, but uh, but so Jamie decided that th- there were two things that went on. Is my my cousin, her brother, so he's my second cousin, uh, Martin, passed away in 2020. Well, Martin, Martin, Martin was very troubled. I mean, very troubled. He'd been he'd been to prison for child molestation. He'd I mean he 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 was agoraphobic at the end. Anyway, when he died, nobody came to the funeral. the The excuse is COVID. I'm saying the the excuse may may or may not have been COVID, but the reality is a family member died and no one came to a funeral. So COVID may so, have been
1: like a, a convenient excuse. I think, you know, I yeah. think
0: there's par- probably some of that. And uh, so Jamie decided that when her mother passed, she was going to have a co-memorial for both my aunt, her mother, and her brother. And so, uh, so they call me and they say, and you have to understand, this is the Gowan side of my family and the Gowan side of my family are criminals. I mean, I mean, with the exception of Jamie, I mean, you know, I mean, they've all been to prison and and God bless them. You know, they're all just my memory. I will just say this, uh, that my mom said after this whole memory, she said, I will remember this for the rest of my days as the only, Gowan family gathering I've ever been to that did not devolve into drunken brawling. Wow. So there's that. That There's a lot about you
1: in the Sky Lounge.
0: Well, what was nice, and I don't know what all the... Part of it is everybody's fucking old. Everybody's fucking old. So I think... Old old, uh, to throw a punch in him. Old Yeah, 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 the arthritis won't let him form a fist. Yeah, (laughs) the the steam is just out of that uh, canon. But uh, so it's like, all right, so Jamie and my mom say, hey, can we use the Sky Lounge? Because nobody wants... The steam is out of that cannon. That's just the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> All right. What in the living fuck? Well, cannon is a phallic symbol and steam yeah. is a jizz symbol. But what? So what I'm saying is that their dicks just can't get hard. That's kind of what I said. But why? I, I you know, know it doesn't know. make any fucking sense. You know how I talk, it's an analogy All that right. works for me and me alone. All right, you live you there's, live your steam. There's no it. steam in that. No, no, I've got plenty of steam in my cannon. Okay. That's oh. all I'm saying. I got so much steam in my cannon. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so they say, hey. We would have had, I know we would have, we would have the Sky Lounge. Can we do that? Cause we don't want, we don't want these people in our homes is <laughs> really, is really, they didn't say it that way, but that's really what it was. We don't want these people in our houses because they'll tear it up and they'll get drunk. And then I'll have to clean up, you know, like empty beer cans from my yard. You yeah. know I mean? That's what their experience is. So I said, yeah, we do Sky Lounge. So I, I booked it. Um, it's free cause I'm a tenant, you know, and then, and they like me here. So it's a good, so I got the sky lounge. So then it was going to be, well, I, I, I said, if we're going to have sky Lounge, there has to be food. Cause if there's not food, then they're just going to show up with their booze and it's just it. going to be a shit yeah. show. It's just gonna be a shit show. There has to be food. So that at least they eat and then they don't get quite as drunk. So. It was going to be hamburgers, hot dogs, right, and Sounds veggie great. burgers. And who is going to grill all this? You, I'm assuming and you. I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna grill because yeah. then I don't have to talk to anybody. I can just stand there and grill and be the host and not have to actually have a conversation. And that is ideal for me. Do you have an, but, a, uh, an apron that says "Leave the cook" versus "Kiss the cook"? I do not. I do no, not. I those. have, a, you know, I just have a cannon full of steam, and everybody leaves me alone. I don't- All right, yeah. And so anyway, they they decide Thursday. Okay. First of all, I don't know how many people are coming. It has, it ranges the, the, the guess. It ranges from 20 to 50. The whole, like for two weeks is we don't know 20 to 50, 20 to 50. I'm like, Jesus Christ, g- get it, get a beat on this, man. Well, then Thursday morning, they decide they don't want to put me out. It's so much work and they're afraid that I'm going to be standing out in the hundred degree heat, grilling so that it would be much easier they said to have a taco bar and then and then well then they start talking about the taco bar and we can't just do ground beef tacos we need to do chicken tacos too and then then they want to do shrimp tacos as well but then what about the vegetarians i mean and so this thing grows and i and i don't say anything cuz i know that there's grieving going on and planning and you know it's like but they didn't realize that a taco bar with all these, this is going to be 50 times more work than fucking grilling burgers and hot dogs. Yeah. So I, I spent Thursday night, I slow roasted chicken for five fucking hours so that I could get good chicken, which turned out by the way, fucking phenomenal. Um, you know, but we, you know, so, I mean, I, I spent all day Friday fucking, and you know, me, I, I plan events. So I even have the, Like on the, there's like an island, like a con like a not concrete, like granite island in the area where that you can, you know, stage food. And so I literally have it staged in sections so that when you get your plate, you know, that, you know, I'm putting it together. Like, Hey, I want to keep this simple, but I would like it to be organized so that everybody has a good time. Well, turns out about 20, about 25 people showed up and then plus like a bunch of little kids who just ate fucking cake pops um what is i don't understand yeah. cake pops. my mom bought my mom bought cake pops i don't get it they kid good. ate so many no they're not good and one kid ate so many cake pops uh he threw up in the pool but uh so of of all the of all the oh my god look at that gowan that's lost his shit and barfed at least it was the the three-year-old who threw up cake pops that's not you know that again this is a high bar for us look at that um, gowan who puked in the see gowan sounds like a
1: like some mystic animal, like a magwai. you know, oh, no, there's, a, a, there's another Gowan, there's
0: another drunk Gowan running the, around. Well, the, who the, the, gave the Gowan Who made cake pops? The man who I'm named for, Uncle Don, Uncle Don, that Gowan. Yeah, yeah, and so they're the Gowans in my brain, and, and you know, um, the only thing that, it, what I thought was very interesting is I discovered a couple of things. My cousin Scott, who is, he's nine years older than me. Um, he's the second of the, of the cousins, you know, um, you know, I hadn't seen him. I literally haven't seen him in 25, 30 years. I really am. You know, wow. and, and, and so we're talking, He just looks, he just looks like a much older version than him than what I remember him, which is fine. The two things that were distinct about our conversation, three, three things that were distinct about our conversations, because he kept wanting to gravitate to me, which is fine. I am you know, it's like, all right. Um, one was he came up and he went, Hey Donnie. I said, yeah. He said, you know that 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 prostitute book cover? I said, well, yeah, I, I I mean, yeah, I made the cover. He goes, yeah, Jamie sent me like a screenshot of the cover. Is was that a was that actually a book or did you just make a cover? I said, No, that's actually a book. He goes, seriously? And I went, yeah. So I went to my apartment. I got in my author copy. You know, it's like a not for, you know, like I, yeah. I just got on my shelf. I said, here, I said, yours. I said, it's a real book. And he was like, I can't believe it. He said, is it good? I said, I don't know. I said, you know, Jamie liked it. You know, she said she read it three times. I said, so you, you figured it out. So it was that second exchange was Scott is one of those guys who likes to name drop celebrities. He's met.
1: Oh, my brother did to, that to, shit. To, it's like my yeah, friend Neil Patrick Harris, shut up.
0: Yeah, exactly. He wants you to know, you know, and so it's, like it's things, and, and, and the game was afoot because he was doing it to everybody. And so I decided that my game would then be one up him every time. You know, because he didn't know how to handle that because nobody ever does that to him. And so he's like, oh, yeah, you know, Guy Fieri, blah, blah, blah. I met him and he did this and he's and I, and I hung out with him and stuff. I said, yeah, yeah, no, I love the whole food thing. I said, I got to exchange chicken recipes with uh former president, Bill Clinton. Uh, uh- what? I said, yeah. And it's like, have you ever met Stephen King? Yeah, I, I made <laughs> I built a, a stadium in his backyard. I said, yeah. I said, you know, Tom Hanks. Yeah. I hung out with him for a week, worked with him for a week. And it was just like, every time he would try to come up with somebody, I would one-up him, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, have you ever met this guy? No. But I hung out with Leonard Des Moines, He's, <laughs> you know, and so that was a good game. And then the third game was apparently Scott and my his older brother, Brad, are big manga guys. They're big Trumpers. And if there's any way hey, to destroy that it, a no. And if there's any way to destroy a party, <laughs> is that? Yeah, and just look what they're wh- doing to the Republican Party. Well, Ooh,
1: but what? What? Look at that. Topical man. humor. Take <laughs> that, Bill
0: Maher.
1: David Himmel coming for you,
0: buddy. That's right. All what right. was very funny about it was uh, they all. Every, all the cousins and I don't, you know, those things, I'm not asking them, I'm not holding court about the evils of Trumpism, but they realized they were having conversations with people that would placate them and let them just go off about Trump, but they would do it in the corners and nobody mentioned it to me because they know. And and I, at one point I finally, Brad wanted to talk about politics And I diverted him and and Scott was like, no politics, no politics. And I looked at him, I said, you know, Scott, you've been talking politics with everybody tonight. Why why don't you want to talk about it with me? He goes, oh, Don. And that was the first (laughs) time he called me Don. It's the first time he didn't call me little Don. He says, Don, you know, you're just too well-read and too hard to argue with. And I was like, well, that's a great fucking compliment. I love that. And that he recognized, I can't talk my bullshit, my flat earth fucking bullshit with you because you know I'm a lunatic and this shit is stupid. And you have facts at your disposal that I don't want to have to dispute. It was like, that was a great, I was so thrilled to hear that. What does that say
1: about his psyche? That he is one, he is aware of how dumb he is and sounds. That he, he's he's admitting he's a fucking moron.
0: Or, or that, or that what he believes is he he weird. recognizes is complete bullshit, but he's going to believe it anyway. Yeah, yeah,
1: because yeah. it's too hard to read a book, and I get it. Yeah, You're it's hard to read a book. I fall asleep. It is hard to easily. read, a book. but
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah w- wow, that's that's yeah. a win for us all. It, see that that's kind of how I felt about it. But yeah. overall, I will just say. um The weekend was, it was pleasant. It was kind of very weird. The memorial was in the church that I was baptized in. Well. And I haven't been in that church since I was fucking baptized in it. So that was a little weird. Um, They had me say Do you remember being baptized? No, I mean I did I did, like wasn't the last time I was there. We we went to like vacation Bible school there and shit in the morning. So with, you were like a kid, like you were like Harry's Yeah, age. I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like a little kid. So I remembered the church. Like what I, I 13 years before we are the world. The thing I remember, yeah, 13 years before we are, the thing <laughs> I remember about that church was when my mom was pregnant with my sister. So I couldn't have been more than three and a half. Or three, three and a half. But I actually have a memory of this. So it's, it's, is that I, and I didn't, you know, again, I don't, I didn't know this at the time, but at the time they were redoing the sanctuary. So they were holding all of the services in the gymnasium
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the gymnasium had those windows that open on the floor. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And apparently, uh, and I do remember doing this, but the story gets bigger every time my mom tells it is that she would sit in the back because she, she was pregnant and she might have to pee, right? Well, I would I would escape her and I would go through one of those windows on one side, <laughs> and then I would run all the way to the front and crawl through one of the windows in the front and scream, Hey mom! Hey mom! <laughs> while they're doing the while they're doing yeah, yeah, I was anti religion even when I didn't know what it was. Um so But this this memorial for great aunt Vicky.
1: Yeah. Everyone came in like great and Vicky. We love her. We're coming in for this, but did yeah. they also sneak in like memorial for the?
0: Yeah, the yeah. Martin dealer? was part of it. Yeah, no, no. Come Dude, on, that, that feels good. like a little bait and switch. It well, it was a there was a little bait and switch, but it was very important to Jamie because he was very important to her. She was her brother, sure. and she had a very close relationship with him. And you know, it's like all right, you know, let's, I mean, you know, criminals have hearts yeah, too, I guess. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and it, 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 it's like, it's all fine. Um, They even, and she'd asked me, well, actually my mom volunteered me to sing. And, and Jamie's ex-husband, Mike Barrett is an exceptional mandolin player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really good. He's like, he's pro level good. And it was like, all right, we're going to have you sing. I'll fly away as a sing along at the end of the sing at the end of the service. Well, I haven't fucking sung in public in 25 fucking years. Nobody, I mean, you know, I used to do it for a living. Yeah. You know, I used to sing for weddings and shit like that. And I did musical theater, but I, I I literally have, I think the last time I sang in public was the wicked and the sex when we did that musical in Chicago. And that was 97. You know what I mean? It's like. Right. And it's so I was like, good, all right, six years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. And so, you know, I got up and I said, and I looked at, he's kind of getting his mandolin. And I said, lady, it's a gang. It's all these people from my extended family that I haven't seen. I said, I haven't sung in public in 25 years. So there's, the lyrics are printed in the program. So you must sing along,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And then we did it and everybody was happy and everybody sang. I even did a... I even got to one of the choruses and I went, you, <laughs> I'll fly. I mean, it was, it was kind of cheese ball, but it was, it, I felt a little bit like Adam Sandler and the wedding singer, but yeah. you know, I was like, all right, let's go with this. Great movie. Yeah. Really, really, really movie. great movie. Super funny movie. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of that movie, one of the things about Ed, Adam Sandler um, reminds me of something you wrote in your post-it notes. And I just want to bring it up. Cause I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want w- cause he's a very, very angry. He plays lots. And in the wedding singer, he's a very angry character. Well, he's hard. You wrote. Well, yeah. And he's pissed. So, yeah. um, you wrote controlling your anger is a good thing like not exploding is always a good thing keeps loved ones from getting hurt however the internal prison where that anger lives instead has worse conditions than a Fulton <laughs> County jail and that is not a good thing tell me tell tell me about that statement because I I I read that and I went should I be worried uh yeah be very worried be afraid okay yeah. i am a well i'm not dude i'm not afraid of you but i might be afraid
1: for you yeah either way i'll take it okay it it all comes down to that magnificent scene in marvel's the avengers
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah we've talked about this that's
1: the thing cap i'm
0: always angry yeah yeah (laughs) i'm sorry but that really is it resonated with you in a heavy if way. Not, if
1: it's not top five cinematic moments for me, <laughs> it's, it's gotta be top 10. It's just such a great scene. Yeah. Um, you know, this, I mean, you were the angry white guy, you know, and when, you
0: yeah, know, I'm, I'm, when something, and you I was a rageaholic, like, man.
1: Like, you know, Oh yeah. we have this tendency sometimes like anger is bad. Like, don't be angry. That's the thing that it's, it's moving away less and less. Like, you know, be angry, like embrace your feelings, but how do you like, so you're angry, but you know, don't hit people, don't throw shit, but like, it's okay to express your anger. Just do it in a non-destructive way. Problem is sometimes people still don't want you or me to be angry, even at all, just to be like, fuck, just, you know, I'm just going to stomp around the house a bit and maybe close the cabinet a little harder than normal. So you're like, you're forced for the sake of the people around you to keep that shit bottled up. The problem with that is that it just sits there and it stews. It becomes a pressure cooker. And Mm -hmm. then when you finally fuck and it's one of your crumbs too much and you fucking explode, that's the end. There's, it goes,
0: you go nuclear. There's no way to come well, back. I'm that. I'm gonna as someone who has, for the most part, I would say I I I I I will go ahead and give myself the prognosis that I have cured myself of the rageaholic. I I, I still get mad. Yeah. And I and but I I haven't done a big bl- shit, man. When my wife she <laughs> was cross-eyed. I didn't throw her out of the fucking house. I didn't threaten violence. I didn't even scream. You know, I mean, it was like okay. So I I think I've got that handled. Here's what I wrote for one of my I believes for today. I believe that the best response to a society hell bent on requiring the careful, nervous walk through a minefield of eggshells is to tap dance on every fucking egg. Now, the reason I, again, and the, the reason it's not an angry thing is it's not smash every fucking egg. It's tap dance. Why? Because tap dancing is fun who doesn't love gregory hines hey you're right this is what i'm saying and so to me to <laughs> me is is that when everybody's telling you not to be angry it doesn't mean you can't be angry it means you need to enjoy being angry without being destructive you can be angry yeah and you can say i'm fucking angry hmm? but tap dance you're still smashing the eggs you're still getting out the feelings But you're having more fun doing it. And then you become scary because you're angry, but you're laughing about it. And that makes you a little bit of a fucking psycho. Yeah.
1: And who can't say that Gregory Hines wasn't a psycho?
0: And now, Orsak of the News. Your first Rorschach. In. The New Yorker stating the incredibly obvious. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah. Trump's mugshot is his true presidential portrait.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I the Ah. <laughs> <sighs>
0: I, I, yeah, I. I mean, I've. Well, uh, the, let me give you a little flip side, so that you know. For, on the flip side, the former president has raised seven point one million dollars since he was booked at an Atlanta jail Thursday evening, according to figures provided first to Politico by his campaign on Friday alone. Trump raised four point one eight million dollars, making it the single highest twenty four hour period of his campaign to date. So, so wonder he gets those... arrested, his mugshot gets. he texts it out and people just start throwing fucking money at him. Yeah. Well, so t- two things.
1: Uh, f- first one, I- I'm curious to see what the donation level is. Cause you remember when like Obama was running in 08 and it was like donations of like $5, you know, just like yeah. donation. Yeah. So is Trump raising this money off like six guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or are these like big donors that are coming in? You know, yeah, yeah. like th- five th- bucks th- here and there from like the, the poor toothless Gowans. Sorry, but no, they have th- teeth. Well, Brad doesn't have all his teeth, but they mostly have teeth. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, yeah, I think it's absolutely his presidential portrait. I mean, this guy began his, uh, began early on in his campaign in six, in fifteen sixteen. I could walk out on the, on fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and still get elected. Grab him by the pussy, sexual assault, all these illegal things that he does. He's and he said it. Every indictment is good for business or whatever that that quote of his. You know he's yeah yeah. He's not wrong. The more of an asshole this guy is, the more hateful he is, the more wrongdoing he does, uh, the more in tr- the more trouble he gets in, the better he the better he does. And yeah, there's polls. My God, dude, this week. So many news stories are like the polls, this, the polls. That. Uh, fuck your polls. Like after 2016, fuck you and your polls. Polls yeah. don't work. We know it's all bullshit. You're wrong. Maybe you're right, but you're probably wrong. Fuck off. But yeah, this guy, he is his mug Yeah, 100%. Because what is it going to take for this guy to lose? I was telling Katie the other night, you know, that the story. It's some, you know religious story about God, but the story of of um this man is in his house and there's a flood coming. And there are warnings that come out on the news and there are neighbors that are packing up their shit like, hey, hey, Don, we got to get out of here. The, the the town's gonna flood. We have to leave. And he's like, no, no, no. God will save me. All right, man. Good luck. And they leave and then the waters come and it floods his house. And a boat comes by and they say, come on, Don, you got to get on. We got to get out of here. Let's go hop in the boat. The flood's coming. It's going to get worse." he said, no, no, no. God will save me. So the waters rise and rise. And this man, Don, oh God, his house is flooded. He's got to get up on his roof now because the waters are that high. And a helicopter comes and they drop down a a rope ladder. And they say, Don, come on, climb the rope. Get up here. We got to save you. The the waters are going to
0: get higher. The flood is here. No, no. And Don, looks, and Don looks up and says, hey, Trump in 2024. Yeah. Said, <laughs> no,
1: no. God will save me. And they're like, all right, fuck, man. And they fly off and the waters get higher and Don gets washed away and he drowns. And he goes to heaven and he sees God and he says, Lord, I was a praying man. I prayed for you to help me. And you you let me drown. And God says, "Jesus, fucking Christ!" There were warnings on the news. Neighbors telling you to leave. There was a boat that came by. I sent a fucking helicopter. What the fuck more do you want from me?
0: So this is how. I and feel. I like the image. And I like the image that basically for you, God is Larry David. Yeah, God is Larry David,
1: and and the idiot <laughs> who doesn't listen to the Jews is me. God, apparently, is yeah. <laughs>
0: apparently all right. Number but but two, like, what is it going to take uh, these people to realize that this guy? It's fucking bad news. They're not gonna right in in where do alcoholics buy their booze? Costco <laughs> vodka with a urinal puck vibe recalled. I'm sorry, a urinal puck vibe. Basically, the uh, the it's 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 a it's a flavored vodka that Costco put out that uh, people said tasted like a urinal puck. Which begs a lot of questions, but I'll let you, I'll let you go with it.
1: Um, what, what flavor were they going for? My, th- you know, cause this sounds like, you know, those, uh, what's the jelly bean company? Uh, the jelly, jelly belly. It's like uh, jelly belly. Thank you. It's up in Kenosha. Yeah. Um, have you seen their bean boozled? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, the grass clipping and toothpaste flavor uh-huh,
0: yeah that started with the bernie bots the hogwarts uh harry yeah. potter shit where yeah they, that, they that's where that exactly. kind of trend started
1: Fucking
0: they're foul. gross they are oh, they're gross man oh yeah dirt oh yeah. And yeah it's just like eating dirt yeah yeah yeah
1: like and the weird one is toothpaste because you're like well i put toothpaste in my mouth all the time but no it's not it doesn't work yeah it's a it's yeah. a horrible idea and I, I wonder, like, were those things created on purpose or is it like, oh, shit, we tried to make a, you know, chocolate milkshake and it turned out like grass clippings. Hey, here's an idea. Let's take
0: all these failed, you know, recipes and turn them into something. <laughs> I think they're too specific. I mean, you know, the, the Bernie Botts uh, mini flavor beans has a vomit flavor bean. Yeah. That tastes exactly like, like you vomit. just vomited. Yeah. I mean, it's really... I think it's very intentional and I think it's a, a terrible, it's a horrible, it maybe it's like, Hey, we have all our kids are fucking fat asses. Cause they just eat candy. Let's create a candy. that tastes so bad that. that candy it,
1: aversion. It, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like eat, eat, eat like an earwax, enough earwax, fucking jelly beans. Maybe you just say, fuck you. I mean, in general, I'm, I'm kind of
1: a alcoholic purist in, <laughs> you know, Leave the flavored, like, I've never, I mean, I've never been a big vodka guy. I've never been a small vodka guy. I don't mind vodka. It's fine. Automatic. Still is. But the, the flavored vodka thing, like just, can you just leave well enough alone? If you want lemon flavored vodka, make a cocktail, put some lemon in
0: there. You know, David, do you know why, do you know why they have the flavored vodka? Girls, because women have become empowered and they like their frou frou. I don't know. I just made that up. I, just, that was I, I
1: think it's, I mean, it, I mean this is a made.
0: big thing in the late 90s, at least when I yeah. became aware. Like an Apple teeny, like an Apple teeny. Show me a man that drinks an Apple teeny without, like, sort of like a grin going, Boy, this is like uh, really booze. I got a bunch of nuts. My, nut tap, nut my, tap.
1: My mom dated a guy uh, for a couple of years. A long time ago um he used to drink Cosmopolitans. Oh.
0: that was like See, okay that was his drink. once in a while a cosmos that's kind of tasty it's cherry it's got a good flavor to it he you was know.
1: also a i can't i don't know if he was a homophobe
0: because he wasn't like was a he a hairdresser page. no
1: no oh okay but he like he didn't agree with homophobia he thought it was you know A little icky, a little, you know, that they shouldn't get married, kind of keep it to yourself, keep it out of
0: my face, that kind of bullshit. So it wasn't homophobia he had a problem with, it was homosexuals he had a problem Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I at dinner
1: and he says something along the lines of, you know, like, well, I think that they should just keep it to themselves and they shouldn't get married. And I'm like, you realize that you're drinking a drink made popular by women on Sex and the City, and really, Ron, there's nothing gayer than drinking a Cosmopolitan as a grown sixty-something-year-old man, and which isn't, of course, it isn't actually true,
0: but no. in in his brain,
1: yeah,
0: you know, like that was the game, um, Alright. Yeah, anyway. number three, and Don Hall started this fucking trend, <laughs> the return of the messy celebrity divorce. <laughs> you started this trend
1: <laughs> well i gotta tell you um you know I, I i used to say like i wouldn't wish heartbreak like heavy heartbreak on my worst enemy like it's the worst the self-doubt the feeling of failure all those things oh i'm kind of excited about the natalie portman uh hallie barry divorce like let's you know just in case things go south with my marriage you know it's nice to know that there's some brokenhearted women out there because i'm good with brokenhearted women and brokenhearted women are
0: good with me (laughs) all right i don't even know if this is four or five uh number whatever in what spacex is anti-immigrant stay sex spacex Oh, SpaceX. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Elon Musk thing. SpaceX versus the Department of Justice. Here's a quote. The DOJ alleges that SpaceX... Discouraged refugees and asylum seekers from applying to open positions and refused to hire those that did, according to the complaint. According to the complaint, SpaceX job postings wrongly stated that only U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents could apply for openings and that SpaceX's hiring practices were routine, widespread, and longstanding and harmed. Asylees, which I didn't know his word, and refugees
1: so many things, one, fuck Elon Musk, two fuck Spacex too three i i don't I don't see an inherent problem with hiring practices like hiring or wanting to hire legitimate citizens. like I, I'm all for helping people become legitimate citizens, so like, Okay, fine. But I feel that SpaceX and Elon Musk, they're probably just being But he's an immigrant, things
0: and he's well, he's, he's an right. immigrant. That's, exactly that's my it. point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's exactly it. And Elon Musk is, I feel like he's similar to Trump in that he just has a heart full of hate, <laughs> you know, and like how. Yeah. It's like speaking of a hateful, how Can oh. Trump be a hateful, you know, against immigrants? Like when both of two of the three of his wives were immigrants. Yeah, just like, fuck, just fuck off. Just fuck
0: off. Hate in politics. the best, in the best, speaking of hateful hearts, in the best way to avoid responsibility for enabling addicts, <laughs> Right Aid plans bankruptcy in legal maneuver to avoid opioid lawsuits. They posted an excess of $24 billion last year, but so that they don't have to pay lawsuits for people that got opioids addicted and died, they're going to declare bankruptcy as a legal maneuver to not have to pay these families.
1: Let's reframe the in blah, 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 blah. In corporations are just like shitty ass rich
0: people. (laughs) Right, aid claims bankruptcy to avoid. Yeah. Fair fair enough. Fair enough. And finally, in who said there are only two kinds of women, goddesses and doormats. His life was full of contradictions. Picasso's grandson defends the artist's behavior towards women.
1: I mean, like, Picasso was a dick sometimes,
0: and but and and basically, his grandson is saying, "Well, he was a dick, and he was a misogynist, and he was shitty to women, but he was a genius." So, see the contradiction.
1: I mean, imagine John Lennon wasn't a dick to every woman that he came into contact with. Imagine John Lennon imagine- was a prick to his, you know, his firstborn son. Imagine, like, people are complicated. Dicks are dicks. Dicks are sometimes not as dickish as other dicks. I, like, uh, he's not, did Picasso have a heart full of hate? I don't think so. And that's the difference uh, between being a dick and being Elon Musk or Donald Trump.
0: There are six things you should do this week.
1: My first thing this week, although I said in my post-it notes, uh, let me just read this. I I watch a good chunk of television and I enjoy most of it, but I'm also starting to think that not having cable in college was the best thing that ever happened to me. It forced me and my roommate to find far greater and stranger ways to entertain ourselves and that broadened our minds. So yeah, maybe I should kill my TV and my phone while I'm at it. That said... My first thing to do this week is a watch. <laughs> it, it's on HBO or Max. Uh, it is called Telemarketers. It is a docu series about telemarketers and these. It's so fucking funny. It's so funny. It's so funny. And like, yeah, a lot of telemarketing is scams.
0: Big surprise there. Not seeing, dude. And like I mean, like, telemarketing. I did telemarketing again. I know exactly. that. I watched. I I thought I was going to shit because I went. I I worked there. I, I mean, I didn't. I work took for a for that telemarketing company, but job. I, like, I get it.
1: I took a telemarketing marketing job for like a day when I was in college. And went. no, this isn't for me. But it was nothing like this because I like to think that if it were. Like what they're showing,
0: I might oh, have stuck around it's for at like, least a week. The thing is, it's sort of like watching a real life wolf of Wall Street yeah. where they're just fucking doing coke and fucking each other in the bathroom. The, and I mean it's just like all, what the They're fuck? all formally convicted criminals making two yeah. bucks an hour instead of Yeah. Yeah, whatever the hell's happening. I think it, yeah. I think that's yes, I highly, I highly recommend in yeah. the same uh vein, I will say, um, although this isn't nearly as funny as telemarketers on Netflix there's a three was three hour, three episode, uh, depth V heard. It okay. is what, it, no, no. The thing is I, I, cause I was like, I, you know, I wasn't really into it. I thought, uh, oh, this is kind of mildly interesting. I didn't give a shit really. Um, but I thought, you know what? All right, I'll watch this because I'd heard that it was this, this documentarian decided to k- take, like, i a, a take no sides sort of perspective. And I was like, all right, so, Well, and that's the thing. It's like, how do you do that? Well, you watch this. I'll tell you what. We... Are a bunch of fucking emotional vampire vipers, as as, because because this is really this this because she doesn't make commentary, she shows it's the first time you get to see the testimony side by side because they testified Mm. differently apparently. Um, But really, what she really shows a lot of is the TikTok videos and these YouTube commentators suddenly making vast amounts of money off of this fucking trial, and Mm -hmm. I went. That's gross, and it did. It made me feel uh, a little bit less in love with humanity, and I don't really love humanity to begin with, so I'm just like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. But yeah. It, it is worth the watch if for no other reason to go, wow, we suck. We suck. We are a bunch of gossipy pieces of shit.
1: I almost clicked on it, and then I thought, I didn't follow the news of it all that closely. Yeah, I didn't And either. I feel like yeah. a lot of these docu-series, you know, maybe telemarketers included, it's become a new way of us absorbing the news similar to how a lot of people would say a lot of people I've, I had heard people say friends of mine, even my brothers um, that they would get their news from like the daily show or like John Oliver. Like that's not, you know, that's not news. Even if the documentarian is taking a very middle of the road, you know, hands-off approach. It's still- I, the
0: thing is, I, I think she did. That's the thing is I, that was why I jumped in because I, because I'd read that it was a very even handed note site. And I thought, all right, well, that's I, because everything I'd read was either you were, I mean, pretty much you were pro Johnny Depp or, you know, you were pro Amber Heard. Yeah. very few, very few people were for Amber Heard. Uh, and you see, you see the pile on, but I thought, well, Okay. You know, they said what last year, somebody, some of the great editors, one of the, one of the great former editors, of the New York times basically said objectivity is no longer uh, a value to be upheld. I was like, all right, let's see if this is truly like an object. Did she do that? If I watch it, will I feel her bias? And what I saw was she did i you know, i don't know if it's successful but i i, I didn't walk away going uh, i what i walked away going was like yeah okay these were two very damaged very abusive people who should not have been put in the same room together um and so yeah there's that but the 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 thing that i really walked away from was like uh yeah we suck i mean these fucking assholes with their fucking youtube channels and their tiktoks just literally making millions of dollars with viewers, hit the subscribe button as they sit and shit on one or the other. And I was like, where the fuck have we gone? I mean, we're, we're in a place that I it's just, you know, it's, it's the, all the internet is a wonderful thing. Here is a real, real dark side to having everybody have access and it's, and be able to project their opinion. Anyway, yeah. that's my first. I actually recommend it because it actually is a pretty objective view of something that most of America could not be objective about.
1: Yeah. So to that, I was going to say this to be my, my third thing, but it's now my second because it's on the subject of objectivity. Uh, this is in the Atlantic. Shocker! I what? Uh, the Atlantic. It's a it's a, a periodical. Oh, I uh, thought it ma- was an ocean magazine. It's also oh, wow. an ocean. Okay. Uh, but this is this Atlantic is not the Atlantic Ocean. Does that make sense? Okay. I, I yeah, I think it does. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> what the ruling class fears. I see this headline. I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about that. Reckoning with the old money world that made me. Now that stuck out to me extra because i'm like well i i don't come from money but i we're fine you're
0: yeah, upper middle yeah, class we've yeah. established this several times you come from money stop trying to avoid it
1: uh this is by nick mcdonnell yes now he the story is about him volunteering at the beginning of the pandemic in an emergency room and helping out but let me just read you this one part of uh This is maybe like four or five paragraphs in. When I volunteered, I thought I might collect such incidents and turn them into a book about life in that hospital, a kind of practitioner's memoir. But by my fourth shift, it seemed to me that to do so properly, I would have to work there for years to become, however much I could, a member of the community, which was majority black and Latino and not wealthy. And I was not prepared to do so. Moreover, I wondered whether even if I did stay for years, I could write about this community well or usefully as I was of a different race, an economic class, an outsider. So this very quickly becomes a story about like disparities of wealth and all this, which is interesting to a story of. Can I can we can the person write about something objectively that they're not part of? So. That makes me think, well, if you can't write objectively, then you're not a good journalist. And this is exactly this is coming from a person who tries really hard to be objective, but also, and when I was like a journalist, that I was objective when I needed to be, and I went gonzo when I didn't need to be. Exactly. And like this, this is saying, like, well, only only black or Latino healthcare workers can write about the black and Latino healthcare worker experience. It's a, from, from a gonzo perspective. Sure. But from an objective perspective, what's happening, how are we supposed to, if only people that experience it exactly write about it, how the fuck are people are are the dead supposed to write about what happened to them?
0: You See, know, like at my, and my perspective, and I, and I said this uh, at the family reunion, um, you know, cause uh my, so it's a cousin in law somewhere in there, you know, but he was, he's, he's very progressive and he was getting mad that my cousin Scott was Trumping. And he said, how do you even handle it without losing your mind? I said, dude, I said, if somebody comes up and says, I love Donald Trump, or I think Donald Trump was a pre- good president or anything positive about Donald Trump, it's like they walked up and said, Hey dude, the earth is flat. And I go, oh! Instantly, I know you're a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And so I can't take you any more seriously than anybody else. And when I hear, to me, when I hear something like, "Well, I'm white," or what and I can't objectively, and then, I, oh, okay, so you're a fucking lunatic. You're a moron. Okay, good. I don't have to take anything you to say from that point on. I don't have to take anything you say seriously because I, you've established, in my opinion. You're a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, it's it's a journalist's job to be objective.
0: Yeah. So try a little harder. Just just try a little harder. Speaking of objective and really good journalism, actually, in time, and I don't usually read time, but I saw this article. I went, I want to read. Um time.com, you can find it. Inside Barbados Historic Push for slavery reparations. I really like this, I just wanna read you. In the island nation of Barbados, where slaves made sugar plantations wildly lucrative, support for reparations is very real and growing stronger. This year, under the leadership of President Mia Motley, the country is asking European countries for a Marshall Plan-like public investment, as opposed to the individual payments we usually associate with reparations. Motley, though, isn't at the heart of this feature about Barbados' groundbreaking efforts. Instead, writer Janet Janelle Ross showcases Esther Phillips, the country's poet laureate, who went from believing reparations were radical to viewing them as unlikely to arguing passionately for them. This is a really good... Because you know how I feel about reparations. We fucking reneged on our fucking promise yeah. to give them fucking money. This isn't a more... I don't see this as a moral crisis. I see it as overdue bill we've refused to pay. Yeah, We said 40 acres and a mule, and Johnson came in and said, no. And then all these people, we owe, we owe the fucking money somehow because we didn't pay our fucking bill. And I think any... Any legitimate American who has a bank checkbook can understand if you don't pay your bills, you got to pay your bills eventually. That's just how it works. And I think this is, I really like this model. I like the way they're going about it. And I think it's ultimately a a, a great um, blueprint for how we could do it in this country. I really like this this article, so I highly recommend it.
1: If there's three things that are sure in life, as they say, death, taxes, and reparations. There you go. I also love the idea of um, the voice you gave President Johnson there. Uh, Yeah. Do you remember when the the movie – what the hell was that movie? Was it Lincoln?
0: Might have been. With Daniel Day-Lewis? Spielberg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's Lincoln. And the way that Daniel Day-Lewis portrayed Lincoln's voice, because we have no recording of that. And it was a little tinny and kind of high, and it was all like, whoa, what the –
0: but that's how people apparently described his voice. It wasn't, you know, four well, score and seven years. Well, ago. well, that's why he could stand in front of a crowd and not have a microphone. And, and hundreds and hundreds of people could hear him speak is because he had that nasally quality that cut through all the noise. Yeah.
1: But I just love the idea of uh, Andrew Johnson having a,
0: no, we're not giving them three, f-
1: 30 acres, 40, 40, acres, 40 acres, whatever. They're not getting it. No, no. And the State of the Union is good. Like I just, I want him to have a voice all the time. It just sounds like dit, just a little petulant little fuckhead.
0: He was. He was totally a petulant little fuckhead. From everything I've read. He, well, I mean, he. It wasn't very objective, but I bought it. I mean, it's it's a hard, you know,
1: to to blame the failure of the country or you know, on one president.
0: See, I think, I think Andrew Johnson, his biggest problem, he can blame a lot of things on Johnson, And I think, I think at the heart of his, his issue, the reason he was such a petulant shit is that he just didn't have any steam in his cannon. Probably not. My
1: last recommendation this week uh, is it's another read. It's in the, the wall street journal. (laughs) 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 Uh, this is called the lazy girl quote the lazy girl job is in right now here's why rather than lean in young workers say they want jobs that can be done from home come with a cool boss and end at 5 p.m sharp wow who doesn't want that that's kind of the whole like 1930s union movement buddy uh but this is interesting just that it's more that it's being called the lazy girl job it has a lot to do with the
0: social media influencer stuff, but it's, it's an interesting read. No, I, I did read that. I thought it was very interesting. My third thing is something you, I I think you should watch it. Okay. You've, you know, since my third divorce, I've watched a number of sort of like, oh, couples therapy. And, you know, this, I think this is the most interesting. I, I think I recommended this for the first season. It is on Netflix, the ultimatum season two. Now this is a reality show. And basically, couples who are at an impasse where one of them really wants to get married and the other one is like, ah, ah, ah. so they they go on a show with Nick Lachey and his wife, uh, and it, it is they give their partner the ultimatum: either you marry me or go fuck yourself. And so then they come in. And they spend like uh, like a week hanging out with all of these other couples that are in the same straits. And what they have to do after a week is pick someone that's not their partner. They break up and they pick someone in the room that's not their partner that they're going to move in together with and have a three-week trial marriage with that person. And then after that, they go back to their original partner for a three-week trial marriage. And then at the end of it, they decide if, if, if what well, the way is either, it? I mean, <laughs> well, it's either th- their choices, th- th- they outline it. your choice is either leave by yourself, propose to the person you came with, or go home with someone new. Now, the thing is, it it sounds tawdry, but what's fascinating about it is, number one, as someone who has not successfully navigated three marriages, it is fascinating to watch people who are in, you know, and and it's not like they're, you know, some of them are in their 20s, but some of them are in their 30s. It's like people kind of, what do I want in a partner, what I need in a partner, this kind of stuff. So that's really interesting, watching how the jealousy comes out. Um watching them have these heady fucking discussions about shit that they can't, they actually haven't re- And it's really all about the people. And, you know, it's fun seeing other people fail. Cause I've failed so many times to watch other people fail just as badly as I have. I feel like, all right, all right. I'm not, I'm not completely alone in this. Uh, the and, and love so, the company. Hmm. Yes, exactly. And so I, I, I'm enjoying it and I will continue to enjoy it. It is a guilty pleasure, but I, since I don't feel much guilt about almost anything, I can't even say it's a guilty pleasure. It's just some bullshit TV that I love. I love it. So it's a pleasure for you. I recommend it. And just so you know, before we sign up uh, next week is our beginning of our fourth season. Wow. It's our 300th episode. No, it's our 400. Yeah. Show. No, it's our 290. Oh, this is think So it's our 300. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it's the beginning of our fourth season because yeah. our season is 100, 100 seasons, you know, 100, whatever. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a new uh, little piece that we're going to add because that's what we do. We're not going to tell you about it until you get there. So uh, we hope you listen because it will be.
1: So make sure to tune in next week, wherever you get your podcast, listen to our new podcast. Thing we're going to do for our fourth season. I'm President Johnson. God bless America.
0: You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to two white guys holding court, review or share the show on your own platforms or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information
1: about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the ApeCast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the
0: fuck?